his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever lost your keys? Yeah, I guess a better question would be to ask how long it's been since you lost your keys. Because it happens to all of us. Or your wallet, your glasses. That literally happened to me just a few days ago. But what if you could find them with a wave of your hands? This chip actually can run multiple applications on it that are wirelessly installed from this app store, who the the company that puts these together uh, develop apps. And then you can actually download software into your body through your phone. And the Tesla key card just happened to be one of those applications. That's Brandon DeLali speaking to Odyssey's KNX in Los Angeles. He's had two RFID chips implanted into his hands. So what's really cool is the chip comes preloaded with everything you need to be able to do a tap-to-pay transaction with your hand. Uh, In the future, once obviously Visa and MasterCard get on board with this, which I'm hoping is pretty soon, uh, the chip has everything for you to be able to tie a credit card to it. And the beauty part is because there's an app store and people are developing these little Java card apps, over time, those capabilities will just keep growing. So the technology is already all there in the chip. It's in my hand. And and yes, the Tesla app was there and I own a Tesla and I'm like, well, hey, why not? Why, why shouldn't I have my car key in my left hand, my house key in my right hand? And technically, once the credit card gets going, I can leave the house with nothing in my pockets and get everything I need done. I hear a chorus of people going, though, OK, Brandon, but my phone does all of these things. Why do I need something in my body? Or is it just you want to be the first to do something like this? Well, well where's the fun in all that? Yes, <laughs> listen, we can... I'm Mike Rogers, and this is Something Offbeat, a podcast where we go beyond the headlines to get to the bottom of some unusual stories. This week, it's the story of a man from Michigan who's had two chips implanted into his hands that, among other things, can unlock and start his car. started getting really into researching these uh, little RFID chips. And I've known about this company for a good maybe 10 years. RFID, or radio frequency identification, is the technology used in the chips that are in your credit card or maybe implanted to keep track of your dog. Brandon, though, had one implanted in himself at the beginning of the pandemic. 
I was just like, you know what? Nothing else really great is going on right now. I'm a huge tech nerd. Uh, I work in technology. I was like, let's uh, let's see what happens. And then this particular chip that I got is pretty cool because not only does it store data, does it store my medical records, does it open the key, uh, the door to my house, but it also, when you come into contact with other people's phones or devices, it glows green under the skin to show that it is making a connection. So you got this bright glowing area under your hand, almost like a digital tattoo that you wouldn't see unless unless a phone was close to it. It is a, a foreign object being implanted in your in your body. <clears throat> did you check this out with like doctors and who did the procedure? Okay, well, this is kind of a funny story. So yes, so uh, short answer, the chips are encased in biocompatible substances. My first chip, which is a small, uh, kind of the size of maybe two grains of rice put together, sort of similar to what you would put into a dog if like they got lost and you needed to track them somehow. So it's about that size. It's in a biocompatible glass. The second Tesla chip, much bigger, much more uh, intense to get that one in, but that's in a biopolymer. The biopolymer sits just below the dermal layer of the skin. So your body sees it as, as normal. And then within two weeks, it encases it in your own tissue. And then there's very, very low risk of rejection. The only thing people ever really, I see having issues with is infection at the installation site by individuals that don't know how to administer it. I love that phrase, installation site. It sounds more mechanical than human. You know, it's tricky. On the one hand, we as a species, we've been using technology to extend our human abilities uh, since, you know, the, the, the first woman or man picked up a rock and used it as a hammer. So uh, we've been doing this since the beginning. That is Dr. Sage Elwell. He's the chair of the religion department at Texas Christian University in Fort Worth. He specializes in the intersection of the digital and the theological. So we've been using technology for ages to extend and, and advance our otherwise human, you know, natural abilities. I mean, I wear glasses. I, I can't see very well. I can see close up, but when I drive, I can't see distance. So I, I put technology on my face in order to make my eyes work better. What would you say to people, very devout people who have a problem with you know, implanted chips, things like that. I say, we should be as God made us. We shouldn't do any of this. What would your argument be to them? Well, that's a, that's a tough road to hoe, because if you start down that line, you suddenly find yourself in a position where if you are not willing to intervene or uh, interact with anything natural, well, are you going to take vitamins? Are you going to take your, you know, your cholesterol medicine? I mean, what do you, where do you draw the line? And this is, comes back to what you were saying earlier is, well, this guy's using it to open his Tesla. Okay. That's kind of silly and kind of novel. Well, okay. But if I needed a pacemaker, I don't think that's silly or novel. And I certainly will interfere with my otherwise God-given natural state in order to, you know, uh, let's say, make sure that, so I won't pick on myself, make it somebody about somebody you love, right. To make sure that my, my wife, or my partner has the all of the medical care that they need. So absolutely, go in there, put that stint in, put that pacemaker in. So where could this conceivably lead to then? I mean, you know, technology only goes in one direction. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it, the whole, you know, because we can, we should. That, that Well, we can develop this and therefore we should develop it. That becomes a real dilemma. You know, to my mind, 
there are three things uh, that come into play, and that's access, control, and profit. So the, the key issues to, to my mind are who has access to these technologies, who has control of these technologies, and importantly, the data that they generate, and who profits from those technologies and from the data that's generated. Those are the three central things to my mind. If this becomes, for instance, something that is essential, like for uh, medical reasons, well, who has the ability to who who has the ability to access that technology? Is it evenly distributed? Is there equity? Is it fair? Or is it only you know, <laughs> is it only folks that can afford a Tesla? You mentioned data. Are there privacy concerns here? For instance, the RFID in your passport it has a built-in security. You can't. Even if you were to to get access to the data there, that still needs an unlocking system. So you see folks selling these uh, little wallets that will keep your your data. They say keep your RFID data secure. Most of that data is secure anyway. Right now, in terms of these chips even being able to track you, it's it's impossible and for a GPS location. These chips have would have to be externally powered to be able to supply enough energy to get a position on you. And the chips right now that I have are only powered when they make contact with a reader. So so tracking is not something I'm worried about. People on the internet are like, well, once if somebody cuts off your hand to steal your car, I'm like, listen, if somebody's willing to hack off my hand to steal my car, that's a whole other thing I gotta worry about. But computers, phones, smartwatches, that's just what we wear or carry with us. Some companies, though, are beginning to road test self-driving cars, send people on space tourism trips. We've actually done an episode about the medical advances that allow pig tissue to be used in humans. Artificial intelligence is advancing in leaps and bounds. You may have stumbled across the work of AI Online. Back in July, an artificial intelligence system called Dolly 2 generated a series of images of the imagined last selfies on Earth. The images depicted distressed-looking people in front of a barren, fiery landscape. Could artificial intelligence ever get to a point where it could predict the future? Well, that's just it. These things aren't predicting. So in this, let me say, in this particular case, it, what you have is you have a, a system that's sometimes they call it a neural network uh, that is going through images that have already been tagged like spaceship or water bottle, right? These are all images that are tagged. And then you say, show me a, you know, a, a water bottle on a spaceship. And so now it takes those two images because it can recognize natural language and puts them together. So if you say, show me the last selfie on earth, all right, it's taken images that are labeled like selfie, last earth, and then adjacent language that's also like apocalypse, holocaust, these types of things that are tagged to comparable language tags. And then it fuses them to give you the last selfie on earth. So it's not, I guess that's a long way to say it's not really predicting what's happening. It's just taking tags that are in existence and creating something. And I use creating here loosely, generating something new. It's remarkable. Don't get me wrong. Does it unnerve you a little bit? Is it, is it kind of unstable in a way? Oh, gosh. I don't know that it's necessarily unstable or unnerving. I think it's interesting. I think it definitely deserves analysis and interrogation. So then people are saying, well, these are AI works of art. I was in the, they're not. I mean, they're not AI works of art any more than a photograph is the product of the camera. You know, the real creators here are the scientists and artists who are creating the programming to make these things work. 
this conversation that we're having 25, 30 years ago, this is total science fiction. Right, right. <laughs> right, and here we are. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that, I mean, I'm looking at my phone here, the fact that I can, I can call up my son who's in Oregon and see his face. I mean, that's the Jetsons, right? I mean, that's bananas. I've got a daughter in New Zealand. We do the same thing. It's halfway around the world. That's right. That's right. It's, oh. it's, and so, but again, the, who's the real innovator here? I mean, it's the folks that are doing the programming, the folks that are thinking this stuff up. I'm Mike Rogers, and thanks for listening to Something Offbeat. This episode written and produced by Lauren Barry and Chris Blake with audio editing by Chris Blake, original music by Myron Kaplan, and editorial support from Cooper Mall. Now, to keep listening, please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app or Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have your own offbeat story that you think we should cover, please send it to us at somethingoffbeat at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.